Hello, my name is Kathy Moyer, and I'm Vice President of Content and Community at Skipta. Today, we'll be discussing extensive stage small cell lung cancer, and Dr. Joshua Sabari, Assistant Professor of Medicine at NYU Grossman School of Medicine and member of the Thoracic Medical Oncology and Phase One Group, has graciously agreed to help answer some frequently asked questions about extensive stage small cell lung cancer. Dr. Sabari, thank you so much for joining us today. Kathy, thank you for having me. Great. So, Dr. Sabari, I'd like to start our discussion uh, regarding the basis for some of the NCCN recommendations for treating patients with extensive stage small cell lung cancer. Um, so, can you start by please sharing the updated Empower 133 overall survival and PDL1 subgroup analysis of patients with extensive stage small cell lung cancer who were treated with atezolizumab? Sure. Uh, the updated analysis of the IM Power 133, this was the phase three randomized control trial of carboplatin, etoposide, and atezolizumab versus carboplatin and etoposide alone. And this is in first line extensive stage small cell lung cancer. And it's important to note that this paradigm or this clinical trial changed practice when it was initially published in 2018. Uh, prior to that study, we were using chemotherapy alone in the frontline setting. Uh, more recently, we've seen updated survival analysis at a median follow-up of 22.9 months, which showed an ongoing improvement in overall survival in patients treated with atezolizumab plus carboplatin and etoposide with a median overall survival of 12.3 months versus the control arm carboplatin and etoposide alone of 10.3 months. The hazard ratio here of 0.76 and a statistically significant p-value of 0.015. In an exploratory analysis, uh, improvement in overall survival with the addition of atezolizumab to chemotherapy was seen regardless of pdl one expression, as well as blood tumor mutational burden status. So really a, a, a practice changing study back in 2018, and it's what we currently have available in the frontline setting. Excellent, thank you so much. So um, will you please also share your thoughts on the Skyscraper 02 phase three trial um, in which they use atezolizumab, carbo and ETOP as a control arm. And you know if you could also share what's your opinion on those results versus the Empire, Empower 133 findings. So building on the Empower 133, which we just discussed, which is currently standard of care, the Skyscraper 02 was a randomized phase three trial. It was double-blinded placebo control study of atezolizumab plus carboplatin and etoposide with or without tirigolumab. And this is an investigational anti-tigit antibody. The study enrolled 490 patients with extensive stage small cell lung cancer who were randomized one-to-one -to, -one to the experimental and control arms in the first line setting. So unlike IM Power 133, this study allowed for patients with untreated asymptomatic brain metastasis to enroll. It's important to note that TIGIT is a novel inhibitory immune checkpoint present on immune cells in many cancers, including small cell lung cancer. And we hypothesized that inhibiting TIGIT would synergize with PDL1 and chemotherapy in the frontline setting and amplify tumor response as well as duration of response. 
The objective response rate for the addition of tirigolumab to standard chemotherapy and immunotherapy was numerically higher compared to the control arm of 71% versus 66%, although this was not deemed to be clinically meaningful. This was a negative study overall, as the experimental arm did not meet the co-primary endpoints of overall survival and progression-free survival compared to the control arm. Of note, the control arm, the first line with a tezo, carbo, and a toposide, had a median overall survival of 12.9 months and a median progression-free survival of 5.4 months, which was similar to what we saw on the IM Power 133, which again, to refresh your memory, was a median OS of 12.3 months and a median PFS of 5.2 months. So really a negative study, but again, solidified uh, the IM Power 133 regimen uh, that we saw published back in 2018. Great, thank you so much. Dr. Sabari, may I ask, what clinical and non-clinical factors matter most to you when choosing a regimen for your patients with extensive stage small cell lung cancer? I think the most important clinical factors in choosing a regimen for my patients in the first-line setting is really overall survival. I then look at durability, so progression-free survival, uh, toxicity, and tolerability of the agents. Uh, combination chemotherapy and immunotherapy is overall well-tolerated and has really become the standard of care in extensive-stage small cell lung cancer. We need further studies, including novel combinations to improve on the durability, as well as the CNS activity, as these remain significant unmet needs for patients with small cell lung cancer. Some of the non-clinical factors that I consider are patient preference, their goals of care, you know, some flexibility in dosing and, and access cost to patients. One major issue with this disease is a lot of patients are newly diagnosed while inpatient in the hospital, and oftentimes immunotherapy, the PDL1 inhibitors, are not available in the inpatient setting. So cost and access remain important, you know, non-clinical factors in our decision for treatment. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then lastly, Dr. Sabari, are there any specific types of patients for which you would choose a tezolizumab? So IM Power 133 was really a practice-changing study in extensive stage small cell lung cancer, again, back in 2018, leading to the approval of atezolizumab in combination with chemotherapy. In 2019, we saw the data from the Caspian trial, which looked at durvalumab, another PDL1 inhibitor, in combination with chemotherapy, carboplatin etoposide, uh, and very similarly designed studies with a few nuances. And it was reassuring to see that both studies met their primary endpoint for progression-free survival and overall survival. These studies were similar in design, although had some slight differences in the inclusion and exclusion criteria, as well as the treatment schedule. So for example, the Caspian study allowed for six cycles of chemotherapy, whereas the IM Power 133 allowed for only four cycles of chemotherapy. The Caspian study allowed for asymptomatic, untreated CNS metastases, where the IM Power 133 did not. And lastly, PCI was allowed in the Caspian trial, but has really fallen out of favor in patients with extensive stage disease. Both atezolizumab and durvalumab in combination with chemotherapy had similar toxicity and tolerability profiles, and both agents now have very flexible maintenance dosing strategies. So it really comes down to patient and physician preference, as there are no clear um, clinical or non-clinical factors, in my opinion, that differentiate these two pdl one inhibitors at this time. 
Very good. Thank you so much for your insights, Dr. Sabari. It, it's always so helpful to hear expert insights on the clinical trial data and the guideline recommendations for patient treatments. So thank you again for your time. Thank you for having me, Kathy.